Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. I got started as a writer. I used to be a dancer on cruise ships. It really was the Cinderella story. Prison is the ultimate writer's retreat because you have nothing to do. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I want books with my name on them. I had my first book come out when I was 25, and it didn't change my life like I wanted it to. I'm Anna David. I interview writers about their struggles, their triumphs, and other things they don't want you to know. Hi, guys. Anna here. If you're hearing this because you're a subscriber to either After Party Pod or You've Got Issues, you've surely noticed that there was a different theme song right? And that's because what you're about to listen to, if you are about to listen, is a totally new project of mine. I promise I won't be offended if you're like, wait, I came here for something else. I'm not even going to listen. Here's the thing. I won't even know. But if you're either interested in finding out about how to become a writer or to find out how other writers did it, or just to support one of my new projects and hear some very interesting people be interviewed, by all means, keep listening. The new project is called writing issues. And it's something I've spent a while developing. It's going to be online classes, webinars, and coaching programs. But in order to attract the highest caliber students I can, I'm spending a significant amount of time building up an audience of aspiring writers or writers who just want to blow up their careers. And that could be you. Yeah, you, the one who's driving right now and listening to this or sitting in front of your computer. Is that you? Okay. If it is, I have a great offer for you. My cheat sheet, the six steps to breaking through your issues and becoming a New York Times bestselling author, it's absolutely free. I spill all my secrets, as in those hard-earned ones that I spent like two decades trying to learn the hard way. So if you have any interest in being a writer, I definitely recommend checking it out. And I have a super cool, like we're living in big brother land way for you to do that. Yes, you can subscribe. You can go to annadavid.com and subscribe to the newsletter that way. You can also text and get on the list. All you have to do is text 480-418-1411. Again, 480-418-1411. Text writing issues. One word. I thought it had to be all caps. I tested it. It doesn't. Lowercase or all caps. However you want to do it, just don't put anything else. And don't put a space. Whatever you do. You will get a text back asking you to respond with your email address. You do it. And voila. My cheat sheet in your inbox. I promise I'm not going to be calling you. I don't even answer the phone when my friends call. So you're no worries there. You'll also be on the list to be notified about my upcoming webinars and coaching program. The coaching program, by the by, is a six-month online program where I'll be walking 20 students through how to build a profile, write essays, get published on mainstream websites, and ultimately write and sell a nonfiction book proposal. 
jam-packed. We're talking 22 training videos, six webinars, two one-on-one calls with me, and copies of my two book proposals that have never been seen, aside from the editors who bought them, one at HarperCollins and one at Simon & Schuster. So anybody can apply. And the crazy thing is I've gotten my agent and a publisher I know to agree to meet with the best student or students from my class one-on-one meetings in person or over Skype if they're not in New York. And here's the deal. So after the class is over, all students have one month afterwards to submit a finished book proposal to me, and I will be making that decision. So there's no guarantee that that person will be signed and have their book published, but what it really means is that their chances have skyrocketed from three in 10,000, which is how many book proposals go places out of the number submitted to one in 20. So I have no idea when you're listening to this, so I don't know if there's a webinar scheduled or the coaching program is underway. If you want to know, go to annadavid.com slash coaching. You can apply for the program there if the timing is right. You can also go to writingissues.com for that information. If neither of those tell you, let's just say they don't, you can always email me, anna at annadavid.com. If you are interested in the coaching program, I highly recommend attending a webinar. In it, I will provide all the tips and info you need to make it into the coaching program, plus give all attendees a special discount. Have I mentioned that the webinar is totally free? And again, if you text 480-418-1411, writing issues, all caps, no spaces, you will be on the list to be notified about all of this. I just lied. As I said before, you can, it doesn't have to be all caps. No spaces. And with that, let's get into today's interview. Kristen McGinnis is a delightful lady. She's also the author of the Los Angeles Times bestselling memoir, 5150, The Magical Adventures of a Single Life, which was optioned by CBS Cable. It had Alison Brie attached to star and original films attached to produce. Kristen has also co-written so many books, I don't even think she can count, in the genres of self-help, business, psychology, travel, memoir, and dating. She's also written for Marie Claire, AOL, Huffington Post, and The Fix, and appeared on the Today Show, KTLA, and in USA Today. So let's get into my interview with Kristen today. So, Kristen, tell me how you got started as a writer. Um... Let's see. I think I'd always wanted to be a writer. I remember going to a Ren Fair when I was eight years old and seeing a fortune teller. And she told me that I was going to be a lawyer and a judge. And I told her, no, I'm going to be a writer. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then she told me that lawyers write a lot. And I was like, no, you don't understand. I want books with my name on them. Good. You can't fool me, lady fortune teller. Sorry, Ren Fair. (laughs) (laughs) All you people in your silly dress. Um, and then, you know, I went to college and continued writing. I was one of those kids that always wrote things, you know, so, um, from school yearbooks to newspapers to college newspaper. And then when I was in college, began to try to write screenplays, even though I really didn't know movies, I just liked Boogie Nights. And I was like, that was such a good movie. I should write a screenplay and Paul Thomas Anderson will direct it. And so the, the, yeah. The aspirations of youth. Yeah. Why not? Illusions of grandeur will get you far. And then, um, you know, I 
After graduating, I tried to get into the magazine business, which was sort of the first step. And I had an interview with Condé Nast and a woman that I met with had told me that they were looking for somebody for shape. And I was like, no, 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 you don't understand. I want Vanity Fair. And she said, well, if you want to get into that side, I would suggest book publishing because you can actually really get connected and maybe find your way, um, you know, back into the magazine side after working on the book side. So, so she said, if you want to get into Vanity Fair, yeah. into the high echelon. Yeah, basically, magazine. if you're interested in the Vogue, the Vanity Fairs, that level, like, I'm not going to hire you for that right now because I'm only hiring people from Harvard. Thank you. Right. Hamilton College is not good enough. And, um, and so why don't you try book publishing? So then I ended up in book publishing for a few years. And so I was simultaneously still trying to write. Um, but then, you know, nothing really happened. I was writing screenplays. I was trying to do a novel. I turned 30. I, at that point, had worked in the film industry in addition to book publishing. So I knew a lot of people, but I really didn't have any material yet. And then Finally, when I turned 30, I was, um, had been single for an enormous amount of time. I think it, that uh, it felt like an enormous amount of time. Maybe it probably wasn't. But Six months. Yeah. No, no, it was years. Mm -hmm. I was, I was in the years mark. I think it was about probably five years at that point. Mm -hmm. And the last boyfriend I had had was a crackhead who at that point was incarcerated mm -hmm. for Grand Theft Auto. So it wasn't like, so I it ended was really up like 10 out. years of using track him. Okay. Yeah, totally. So I decided that um, I would go on a date a week for a year and I would write a book about it. And at the end of it, I would either have a book or a boyfriend. And I ended up with both. Both, yeah. yeah. A husband, as it turned out. He ended up, that boyfriend ended up being the husband. Yeah. So that's a very happy publishing tale. It is. It is. So, but I, a lot of people, and I know this because they email me, have that idea. I'm going to go on a date. That is a popular idea. Lots of people have mm -hmm. launched blogs about it. What made you able to sell that book when many others have tried similar things? I think two things. I had the hook of being sober. And so that was sort of a special element of it because I had had one year of sobriety. So it wasn't just a book about going out on dates. It was also a book about like learning how to live sober, which doesn't sound that sexy or attractive. And everybody's got that everybody, book too. Everybody wants to read that book. Yeah, my book had both. Still. Which, which I think should have made it more successful than it was. But but it was a Los Angeles Times best-selling book, just to be clear. That's not, I know. You're so nice when it, you say that. It's so true. <laughs> and, and in terms of the hook, you, your title was 5150, yeah. which for those not as familiar with incarceration yes. as people like us <laughs> may not know that is when you are uh, arrested for not, what is it exactly? For being uh, a risk to yourself or others. Yes. Yes. And you are arrested. psychological evaluation. So it's three days in the slammer. It is. To figure out whether you're going to kill yourself or someone else. Um, which was a little bit like dating. So it Love was it. appropriate. Um, no, I think there, you know, the timing on it, it's so funny because now I think people would be like, oh, we've seen this a million times. But even just eight years ago, nine years ago when I was trying to sell it, it really wasn't. Nobody had yet kind of hit that intersection of, you know, the 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 enormous glut of sort of recovery memoir that we have now. Yep. I mean, there were a few things, but, you know, there wasn't, there was drinking, that Carolyn Knapp book, mm -hmm. and I know there were a couple of other, but really it hadn't um, kind of gone full throttle the way it has really in the last eight years. So, um, and I think there was something, and also the data week concept. I mean, there were a couple of other people that were doing it around the same time I was, but nobody really, um, 
there wasn't a big one out there or there weren't as many out there in the world yes. as there are today. Yes. So I think I benefited in terms of timing that I was sort of on the forefront of both of those genres and then marrying them together, I think definitely made it a bit different. And that's what sold it as a book. Now, albeit it wasn't an easy sell, and I will say the other piece of it is that I knew people in the book industry. So it was much easier for me to secure an agent. It was just as difficult for me as to secure a publisher.